You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. So the series title is this, Hello Future. I would love today to introduce you to your future. When you think about your future, what do you think about? So like go in your mind, you know, a year from now. Next, next January, like come on, January 2024. It's, it's coming, it's, it, whether you like it or not, it's going to be here sooner than you think. And when you get there, what do you see? Like, what do you see for yourself? What do you see for your relationships? What are some things that you want to, you want to see different than than maybe are right now? Maybe, maybe you see for yourself there's a, there's a certain level of income you'd like to get to by 2024. Maybe, maybe for you there's a, there's a new relationship. Come on, somebody. I saw you eyeing them in here, yeah, huh? That you'd like to develop by 2024. What, what if we lifted our eyes even further than 2024 and we said, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Here's what I want you to understand is that if you're in here today and you are breathing, which all of you are, you got a God in heaven that's still working and you have a future ahead of you that is greater and could be greater than what you could ever possibly think or imagine. I want you to realize in this series that your future is actually filled with, listen, so much potential. And I think so many times we rob ourselves of actually realizing the potential that's in our future because we don't actually believe our futures could be filled with the potential that God wants to fill them with. Is that all making sense? In other words, we downplay what it is God can do in our lives. And maybe we downplay what God could do in our lives because of maybe everything that's happened so far in our lives. And we let our past then dictate our future. Well, friends, your, your past shouldn't be dictating your future. Your God should be. Amen? I think there's more for you than you realize. You know, in California, it actually touches over into parts of Nevada. There's what, what's known as the driest place in our country. Okay? It's called Death Valley. Let, let, me, let me show you a picture of Death Valley. This is a picture of Death Valley. Listen, it's dry. Nothing grows here. Nothing flourishes here. There, there's no life here. This is Death Valley. It's properly named, right? This is Death Valley. And Death Valley had a, a phenomena happen back in 2004 for the first time. A weather pattern happened to hit that dry floor for the very first time and dropped, listen, seven inches of rain on the floor of Death Valley. Well, nothing happened at first, but by spring of 2005, Death Valley looked like this. And what we realized, listen, is that Death Valley was not dead at all. Death Valley was actually dormant. Death Valley had in it the whole time seeds and potential and life. But what it needed, come on, here's where we're going today, is the right environment for it to experience the life that was within it. Listen to me. It had to get itself into the right environment 
in order to experience the life that was in it, the future that was in it, the potential that was in it. And I want you to hear me today. Come on. Your life is a lot like that. You might have come in here today saying, no, it's dry ground, it's cracked, things have never been and they will never be. God shows up and says, if I can get you in the right environment, you're going to see a super bloom in your life. You're going to see me do more in your life than you could ever think or imagine if I could just get you into the right, come on, environment. Tell your neighbor, it's all about the environment. Tell them, it's all about the environment. Seven inches of rain fell. And life sprung up everywhere. Do you know that God actually wants you to experience your own super bloom? Jeremiah 29, 11 says it like this. It says, for I know the thoughts, the plans I have for you. Pause with me. I love this, by the way. When we think about our future, all of us got some plans. Like, what are your plans for your future? We talked about it. You got a dream in a little bit. God actually goes, that's great. But I've got some plans. You've got plans, but God says, I've got plans. God says, I'll show you my hand. Do you want to know what my plans are for you? He says, my plans for you, says the Lord, are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Other versions says, my, say, my plans for you are to prosper you and give you a future and a hope. God says, my plans for you are greater than you. It's to prosper you. And some, some, sometimes Christians get really uncomfortable with the word with prosper, like, Oh, I don't know if we should be talking about prosper and prosperity, you know, prosperity doctrine. And I get you, but I just want to read you God's word. God's word to you is I want to prosper you. What does that mean? He says, I just want you to experience life that just keeps getting better. Like you just keep getting better. You just keep growing. Your, your marriage just keeps getting better. Your relationships just keep getting better. God says, I want to listen, not just save you and anchor you in heaven. I want to give you life on earth between now and heaven. Come on, everybody, amen? And so God just goes, I've got so much for you. I've, I've, I've got life for you. And here's what I wanna do today and what, we, what we're doing in this series. I just wanna make sure you don't miss it. Like, don't miss it. Because all of us have the potential to miss it. Some of you came in here today and you're already missing it. You're just off track. You're nowhere near where you could be, but we're going to adjust that today, okay? We're going to fix that today so you can move into what you're actually longing to experience, but it's all about getting you in the right environment. I don't want you, listen, to miss it. Church, can I talk to us corporately? As a church, I believe that, I believe we're going to experience our own super bloom. Come on, are you with me? I just think the time is right. We sing the song, uh, today, um, it's time, it's time, it's time. And I just think it's time. I think California needs the church to wake up. I think our cities need the church. I think, I think that California needs the church to flourish. Man, our city needs the church to flourish, to be at full life, to be living in our own super bloom, not to be a dead and barren and dry land. Amen. And so for the sake of our own city and the sake of our own state, I think the church needs to get into the right environment within our hearts, within our life, that we can actually spring up with life in the way that God intends us to. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it as individuals. I don't want to miss it as a church. It's actually my biggest worry for people as a pastor 
My biggest worry for individuals who, who maybe have saved souls. In other words, they're going to heaven. My biggest worry for those of you who are believers in here today is that you would get to heaven with a saved soul, but you would live a wasted life. And I think there's a lot of Christians that are okay with just having a saved soul. I'm forgiven and I'm going to heaven. But you guys, salvation is so much more than just fire insurance. Thank you. God, I'm not going to hell. Salvation is so much more than fire insurance. Salvation is about you learning to live life in the here and now that doesn't just get you to heaven, right? Anchor you in heaven, but impacts heaven, grows heaven. It, it, it populates heaven. That my life makes a difference on this planet between now and the day I go see Jesus face to face. That I live in everything God has for me. I don't want to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. But friends... We can. I want you to have everything God has in store for you. So you know what we do as a church? Do you, do you know what my job as a, as a pastor is? It's to help get you and create, like get you into certain environments where you could experience that seven inches of rain falling from heaven and bringing life to your dry valley. It's just to, it's just to put you in environments where, where you're experiencing God moving and speaking and, and, and pouring nourishment on you and life on you. When you think about your future, I want you to know that God's plan for your future is actually greater than your plan for your future. And I don't want you to miss it. I want to put you in environments where you just live in what he wants for you. God wants more for for your marriage and for your kids and for, God, just, you just gotta believe me, church. Like scripture says that he's a good father, he's a good shepherd, he's just good. Anyone grateful that our God is good? So, what do we do? Well, here's the first thing I need you to realize is that the greatest predictor, I know this is gonna be super deep, somebody dropped the mic, but, it's actually, it's gonna, when I first say it, you're kind of like, duh, but I really want you to think about it, okay? Is what you need to realize is the greatest predictor of your future is the activity of your day, the activity of today. Like, that didn't hit you very, okay, look, let, let, me, let, me, let me try it again. Um, it's the things we do today that determine where we end up tomorrow? Is it hitting you? Is it, uh, hey, not, all right, let me say it like this. Please hear me. I think a lot of us in here right now get stuck in this thing, called, what I call the, it's the someday syndrome, okay? Tell me if you're guilty. Someday, someday I'm gonna be nice to people. Someday, not today. Not today, because do you, do you know what they did? Do you, do you, right? Someday. Come on, Tatum. Come on, baby. Like, Tatum's, Tatum's new, uh, new, uh, can I, am I allowed to share? Okay, okay. Tatum, Tatum's new uh, New Year's resolution is to be nice to people in public. Okay, that's her, <laughs> that's her New Year's resolution. And so I said, and so over the last couple of weeks, it's been, it's been like, it's just, baby, I, I think I might need you to not just, 
let some of that tension out while you're out there, right? So you're not bringing it home. You said, like, come on, it's hard sometimes with people, right? And we tell ourselves, someday, someday I'm going to be nice to people. Say, someday, come on, someday I'm going to make some friends. Someday. Because you're like, I've been hurt in the past. I've been wounded. And I'm just kind of still licking my wounds and I'm not really ready for new relationships. And so what you tell yourself is, someday I'm going I'm to make new relationships. Tell me if you're guilty of this one, anybody. Come on. Someday I'm going to save money. It's going to happen someday. It can't happen today because, you see, i got a whole bunch of kids in school and i got all sorts of things going on. I can't save today, but someday I'm going to save money. And on and on again. Here, here's another one. What does this mean for you? Someday I'm going to try again. I tried once. I failed. It didn't work. I got hurt. Someday I'm going to try again. Well, listen, I appreciate your good intentions, but here's the reality of it, friends is that if you keep telling yourself someday, then that day will actually never come. Let me say it again. You keep saying to yourself someday, I promise you that day will never come because tomorrow's another day that you're saying someday and then the next day's another day you're saying someday. Pretty soon you wake up and you've lived a whole year and all you've said is someday. Five years, all you've said is someday. Ten years, and all it's been is someday. And friends, I want to help you right now. I just want to go, hey, listen, listen, listen. The only way you can guarantee that you're going to step into someday is to make that day today. Today. Today I'm going to make some decisions that are going to impact my someday, right? Today I'm going to make some decisions that are going to impact my year from now, my five years from now, my ten years from now. And I'm telling you, there are some decisions you can make today that will, I feel like, I feel like maybe I'm up here being a, being like a, running like an infomercial for something, but I'm trying not to. I want you to hear this. I'm telling you, I can actually guarantee If you make a couple decisions, guaranteed, it will impact your future in ways you could never imagine. It'll actually lead you to, there are some decisions, guaranteed, you can make today that I can promise will lead you to your brightest future. Okay? Are you interested at all? Are you interested? Do you like want to know? Because I mean, don't miss it. I don't want you to miss your brightest future. And for some of you, this is going to feel so simplistic, but I promise you, 80% of us, if not more, are missing it. Missing it. I'm not going to give them to you yet. I'm going to show it to you, and then I'm going to give it to you. Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. Ready? It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some of it and ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Before this, pause with me for a second, Genesis chapter two, it says that the man and the woman were naked and unashamed. And I'm not gonna, I'm not talking about starting some nudist colony all up in here. I'm just telling you that in scripture, they were running around naked and unashamed. And now all of a sudden, 
Eve eats of the tree that God had told her not to. I want you to pause and think about what's happening there. God has said to them, if you live within my government and my governance, if you submit your life to me and you walk in the structure that I have given you, you will live and you will flourish. And here they are in the Garden of Eden and they are flourishing in their relationship with each other. They're flourishing in their relationship with God. And here's what I want you to see is that the moment she stepped outside of God's plan and intention for her life, and she eats of that tree, she gives her husband some, they're rebelling against God instead of submitting to God. What is, I want you to notice, here it goes. See if you, if you could follow along what's happening here. What's the first thing that Adam and Eve do? And it's important to pay attention to first in scripture because when you see first, it actually helps you uh, interpret the rest. Okay, it gives you a guide or filter through which you interpret everything else that happens that follows. That makes sense? So what's the first thing that happens? I'll broaden it out to humanity when we decide to go our own way. It says she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. The eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. And the first thing they did is they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They went, uh-oh. And they started hiding. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from God. They hid from God. What's the first thing that man does when man decides to rebel against God? What's the problem with man today? What, what is it that, that we are just absolutely being tormented by? It's this desire inside of us, this, this compulsion inside of us to hide. To hide from God and to hide from one another. That's where humanity is today. The biggest problem in humanity today is a whole bunch of people running around hiding from each other and hiding from God. And then what is the very first thing that God does? God shows up in the middle of the garden. They're hiding amongst the trees. And the Lord calls to the man and says, let me just kind of paraphrase and throw it in here. Adam, hey buddy, where are you? Now, do you really think that God lost Adam? Like I was like, oh my gosh, he was just here. He was just here. I, I left for a second, I came back, and they're no longer, God knew exactly where Adam was. So, begs the question, why in the world is God calling out to Adam? Because man's first response is to hide. And God's first response, or what God does, is to call us out. We want to hide, but God says, I'm going to call you out of hiding. Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to make the decision to say, I'm not gonna continue to hide from God over here in the bushes and hide from each other over here in the bushes. And God is actually trying to heal them and lead them toward restoration, but the only way he could heal them and lead them toward restoration is the same way that only you could be healed and led toward restoration today. It's to get out of the bushes, you hiding over there, and come here, Adam, come here. Come here, come out into the open again. Friends, listen. You are going to have your best year yet. Heck, 
You're gonna have the best five years of your life, the best 10 years of your life. You're gonna get to where you're going in 20 years from now and look back and say, thank you, God, for the super bloom you've brought into my life. But I'm telling you, the way you're gonna experience that super bloom is when we stop hiding from each other and we stop hiding from God. We stop hiding from each other. Come on. And you gotta, you gotta stop hiding from God. If you're gonna walk into your brightest future and say hello to your greatest future, here's what you gotta do, everybody. First thing, write it down. You gotta walk with God's people. Write it down, write it down, write it down, and I'm gonna preach it to you. You gotta walk with God's people. I know, already, some of you. Pastor Chris, you talk about this all the time. Do we really have to listen to you talk about community and how important it is and that we gotta walk with God's people? Or we really have to listen to you go through that whole thing again? Yes, you do. Yes, absolutely, you do. I got the mic, you came to church, and I just want to get you into the environments you need in order to experience what God desires. I'll just say it to you straight. If you want to live in God's plan, plan to prosper you, plan to bless you, a future hope. If you want to live in God's plan, you got to walk with God's people. There's no other way around it. Do you know that God does his work inside your life through the people he puts around your life? And if you go on avoiding the people that God wants to put around your life, you're actually avoiding the very work he wants to do inside your life. Some of you today, you're running from people because you've been hurt, but I want to tell you this, while you're running from people because you've been hurt, you're actually running from God's plan to get you into healing. You okay, church? You with me? Do you know that the work God does in you is by the people he puts around you? Matter of fact, Philippians, I don't, I don't have it for, for the screens. Philippians says that God has given grace, graces to each of us and that we're to use those graces to serve one another. In other words, the word grace is God's divine enablement. It's everything you need for every moment you need it. Now, I want you to think about the, what it says in Philippians. God puts the grace, what you need, okay? He puts it in God's people. So follow what's happening. Instead of God giving you what it is you need for this moment, follow this. Because some of you are going like, that, that's, this doesn't make sense. Well, God, God's going to provide it for you. But instead of giving it to you, he actually tucks what you need inside some people he wants to put around you. The grace that I need today, listen, isn't just me going to God. If I, I go to God and I say, God, will you help God says, absolutely, have I introduced you to this person that I tucked the thing you need inside of? Is that making sense, everybody? And that's how the body of Christ works. Think about it. We're a body of Christ. Why did God use that analogy? Because it's, it, it's, the, it's the best picture that, that he can give us of a whole bunch of parts that don't do real good by themselves that actually need everything else that the body has to offer. Like there's this dependence on one another. Does that make sense, everybody? Like my ear is great and it can hear all sorts of things, but it can't see at all. And if my ear ever wants to see something, it better get to know some eyeballs, right? My eyes can see all day long and they can, they can, but they can't hear at all. And if my ears ever want to, my eyes ever want to hear something, they better get to know some ears. Does that make sense? And you go through the whole body, like, and here we all are going, well, I can do this on my own. The scripture goes, no, no, you can't. 
because what you need to get where I want to take you, I tuck in people, I put around you in this thing called the body of Christ. And if you end up avoiding, hiding, sowing fig leaves when you're around the body of Christ, you actually end up avoiding the plan of God for your life. Can I give it to you a little bit more like some other places? Thank you. Just understand scripture. Just, I want you to understand what the Bible teaches. Uh, James tells us this. It tells us, uh, sorry, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four, verse 14 and 15 say that we should no longer be like children tossed to and fro and carried with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. This is where a lot of people are today. Just being pushed around by the world, just thrown around by everything else out, everything going on in our world. Oh, have you seen this? And I can't believe that. And we're being tossed all over the place. And scripture says, hey, hey, come on. It's time to mature past that. I want to grow you past that. Well, how's that happen? Okay. It says, but speaking the truth, next verse, but speaking the truth to one another in love, you'll grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. Did you see what it just said? Your maturity as a Christian, is tied to the relationships around you that are speaking the truth to you. If you, if you don't got people speaking the truth to you, then you're not actually growing and maturing in the way that God wants to. You with me? So that means I gotta allow myself to get close enough to people where they go, hey, can I tell you the truth? Some of you have avoided relationships like that. You want nothing. That, that's what scares you more than anything about showing up to a crew, like a, a, a small group. Like, I don't want to get around people because they're really going to get to know me. And if they really get to know me, then they're probably really not going to like me. And, and then you try to justify everything. My business is my business and my things. My, I, don't, I really don't want people to get to know me. Okay, okay, listen. You keep avoiding people, you're actually avoiding God's plan. Because what God wants to do is to get around some people. And you think you, you've been avoiding it because you think you're all messed up. Well, what is it what's going to happen? You're going to show up to a crew and realize you're not the only one that's all messed up. Everyone's all messed up. Right? When James says this, he says, confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. What is he trying to do? Are we literally getting up in front of each other and, hey, let me list off all of your sins? There could be dynamics of that within relationships, but what James is just trying to do is to go, hey, everybody, by the way, y'all are messed up. So stop walking around pretending that you got it all together when you actually don't have it all together because what we end up with is instead of environments of health that lead to super blooms, we have environments where people are just pretending to be something that they're actually not, sowing a bunch of fig, leaf, fig leaves, going, going like, I don't want you to see, I don't want you to know, I don't want you, and you just hide, hide, hide. Friends, listen, you could hide all you want, but you can't hide and be healed at the same time because healing comes when you get around people and you just take your mask off. And you're able to take your mask off. Why? Because they took theirs off. They're a mess. And I guess it's okay that I am too. And now all of a sudden, the thing that I was so ashamed of in my marriage or in my life or in my addiction or in my lust or in my, come on, fill in the book, the thing I was so ashamed of, now as I open up my life, I realize, man, they actually, that marriage that looks so strong has opened themselves up to me and I realize that the reason their marriage is so strong is because what they walked through 10 years ago that just about took it out. 
And, and the way they got there is by using some tools that now they're going to invest in me, but I never would have heard that or been around that unless I sat in this environment where people are just getting real with one another. You gotta stop hiding from God's people. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron. God, could you pick another picture on how we're supposed to sharpen one another? Could it be, could it just be like, like just something easy, like a little sandpaper? Just, just, nope. He goes, iron sharpen iron. That's the picture. That's the picture. Have you ever seen iron sharpening iron? It's loud and it's sparky. It's a word, sparky. If you're ever going to be sharpened, you gotta be okay with just some messy. You gotta be okay with some sparky, okay? You've been avoiding relationships because they're so hard and I've been, and God's going, it's just, this is what we do as Christians is we don't just sit in lines staring at a stage hearing the gospel. We get into circles where we actually live out the gospel. Let me ask, how are you ever going to grow in your patience until God puts somebody in your life that you need to exercise patience with? (laughs) How are you ever going to, where are you ever going to meet that person if you don't show up to a crew? Listen, how all the one another's love one another. Forgive one another. What is it? That's the gospel being exercised and lived out and in your life. How in the world are you going to ever step into the forgive one another until you're in a relationship where things get a little messy and you get hurt and you have to actually forgive one another? You see, you guys? Here's what God does. In the garden, we sin and try to hide. God shows up and says, come out of hiding. Jesus shows up and makes a way by which we could come out of hiding. It's called the gospel, okay? And what the gospel does is call a bunch of hiders out of hiding to go work their stuff out together. That's the gospel. That's, listen, how you're gonna say hello to your brightest future because God does his best work in you through the people he puts around you. Can I get a better amen? Hey, hey, how are your relationships? Come on. How are you, have you put yourself out there to make some friendships? I'm gonna throw this in there too. This one's free. Not only does the work that is, the work that God does in you done through the people God puts around you. A lot of people don't think about this. The work that God actually wants to do through you is done in conjunction with the people that God puts around you. Like someone's like, God, I want you to do so much with my life, but then you're hiding from people? <laughs> like, what God wants to do through your life is done through the relationships he puts around your life. Like, I, for example, think about, think about uh, David in Scripture. King David. Come on, somebody know King David, right? King David did some incredible things. But do you know that all the things King David did in all of those stories, there are people who were a part of the story God was telling in David's life. Relationships that God put around David that helped lead him into what God had, the story God wanted to tell through his life. So, for example right? God brought into David's life a a guy by the name of Samuel. Do you remember Samuel, prophet Samuel? 
Well, how did God use Samuel in David's life? Well, Samuel was the one who saw in David something that no one else saw. Remember that? He showed up to the house and they said, uh, there's a king in your house, in the house of Jesse. And Jesse was like, well, it must be this guy. He's tall, dark, and handsome. It must be this guy. He said, and he went on down the list. And he's like, is there any more sons in your house? He's like, yeah, there's one, but he's just a shepherd boy. He's just a, he's just a, he's just a. And Samuel said, no, bring him to me. And Samuel saw something in David that no one else saw. He called it out of him, right? And so David needed, listen, a Samuel. He needed a Samuel. And then, and then as David's life goes on, he, he needed a Jonathan. Jonathan sacrificed his own power and authority to promote and protect the care of, the care of David. I feel like this is on the verge of, of ringing out. Sorry. Do you remember that? He just, he just came alongside and said, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going I'm to walk with you. And we had a Jonathan in David's life. You know, think, about, think about his motley crew that David had around his life. They called him his, his mighty men. And anytime something would happen to David, like, you want us to go get him? Right? That's what this guy. Some of you, some of you, you just need a motley crew around you right now. They're like, well, we, you want me to take them? You need those kind of people in your life. David had those people in his life. You go on, he had Samuel, Jonathan. He had, he had his motley crew. He had Nathan. You remember Nathan? How many of you, some of us, some of us are afraid of a Nathan, but you need a Nathan. What did Nathan do? Nathan actually came to David and called him out in his sin with Bathsheba. He did it all like a little covert operation. Like, hey, David, let's say that somebody had a sheep and somebody stole that sheep. What would you do? I'd get so angry. I can't believe. Well, that's kind of like what you did with Bathsheba. You just need those. Come on. Everything that God did through David was, listen, it was nurtured through the relationships that God put around David. So now understand this. If you are avoiding relationships, you're actually avoiding God's plan because he does his work in you and through you. Come on, when you walk with God's people. Tell your neighbor, walk with God's people. Walk with God's people. Walk with God's people. Come on, tell your neighbor, walk with God's people. By the way, the directory for crews opens up today. Did I mention that? That's happening today. Today. Like there are Something over 30 different crews of, of people putting themselves out there. They're like, hey, I, I'm open to making some friends and doing life with some people. And there's all sorts of different crews. There's, there's married, for married couples, there's singles, there's college, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of men's, women, you name it. We're going to get together and what are you going to do? Right, well, here's what's going to happen. It's not weird. You're not going to walk in and they go like in your crew and they're like, what's your name? You're like, Saul. They're like, hi, Saul. And it's like, it's not like that. It's like, you can walk, walk up, music's going to be bumping, there's going to be food, there's going to be laughter, there's going to be, and you can sit out, sit around, and you're just going to do life together. They're not going, the very first one you go to is not going to be, remember how Pastor Chris talked about confessing our sins to one another? That's what we're doing tonight. So <laughs> let's go, who's first? That's not, I promise, that's not what's going to happen. If that happens, call Pastor Trey and we'll help, we'll help correct that crew. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to show up. And you're going to realize that you've been needing relationships more than you could ever imagine. And not just relationships, relationships with the right people who are pursuing God and want to take you along in the journey. Amen? So listen, you got to walk with God's people. And I'm going to close with this as uh, Dustin comes up. Man, we're going to see a super bloom in your life this year. You're going to walk with God's people. 
We got some great crews for you to get involved in, people to do life with. But here's what you're also going to need to do. And we're going to all do this together. Okay, we're going to practice this. Is that you're going to learn to walk in God's presence every single day. You're going to walk with God's people and you're going to walk in God's presence. And I promise if you walk with God's people and you continue to walk in God's presence, you'll live out God's plan. Guys, look at, it's not complex. It's hard sometimes. But there's simplicity in this. Do you see? In the garden, we said, no, thank you. I'm gonna hide. And all's God, all that God's been doing from that very moment is just trying to call us out of hiding so we could experience healing. So we could experience super bloom, salvation, life. It's on the other side of your hiding. It's when you're willing to get open with one another. And listen, open with God. I just start, you gotta walk with God. Christianity is not a religion. It's, it's not about you showing up, just you showing up to church every single Sunday and doing your, you know, your, checking your boxes off or whatever. It, it's a relationship with the living God. It's you walking in God's presence every single day. Adam hid and God called him out. God said, come on, I still want to do life with you. Some of you in here right now, you don't have a relationship with God at all. You've been hiding from God your whole life. Today, before you leave, I'm going to give you an opportunity to finally come out of hiding and experience healing in the relationship with God that you've been created to have from the foundations of this earth, the thing that your soul is craving. And some of you are going to say yes to him for the first time today. There's others of you in here right now who you have started a relationship with God. But here's what I want you to understand in the dynamic of your relationship with God as you move through this year is that God always wants to take your relationship to deeper levels, to more intimate places. Like in any great relationship, it's gonna grow. It's going to develop. And God wants more than you could ever imagine just to have a deeper, more meaningful relationship with you day by day by day by day by day, just to grow in it. Have you ever, you ever try to have a deeper relationship with somebody, a more just open relationship with somebody who just keeps like shunning you come on you know what I mean like they you're trying like you're reaching out you're sending the text and the ghosting you you're, you're commenting on like their vacation that was like better than yours but whatever just gonna hey guys it looks awesome thanks for showing off right <laughs> but you're trying and they just keep cold shoulder, stiffen you. Maybe, maybe parents in here, you know this because you got kids that you spent your whole life loving on and you want nothing more than to have a deep and meaningful relationship with them. But they get to that weird age and maybe they never come out of it where they just keep distancing themselves from you and cold shouldering you and not responding to you. And, 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 and friends that are, you've once walked with and you don't know what's up, but now there's something funky. And here's what I know. It hurts. It hurts. Matter of fact, I think it's the deepest kind of pain there actually is. Sometimes that pain, relational pain, is deeper than physical pain. You with me? Think about this. God desires nothing more 
than to have a deep and meaningful relationship with you that is growing every day. And yet so many of us, for whatever the reason might be, we continue leaving him on red, ghosting, cold shoulder, God, I'm too busy, God, I got, and I'm telling you, you have a persistent, loving father that is constantly making himself available to you, constantly just crying out to you, shooting, sending the text, you know, speaking his word over you, and and he's just wanting to spend time with you to develop that relationship. One of the greatest things you can do this year is to say, okay, God, I'm all in. I'm, I'm going to, ready? Every day. I'm going to talk with you, God. I'm going to spend time with you. And don't talk with God. It's not talking with God with your canned prayers. He wants intimacy, right? He wants wants depth. And so it's, imagine if I talked to Tatum all the time, like reading the back of Hallmark cards. Hey, Tatum, how are you? Where's that card? Uh, You know, how I love thy ways. You are, it's like, she wants to hear from me. Same thing with God. Come on, we might, we might need to get rid of some of our canned prayers and just go to God and, and have the relationship with God that he wants to have and just lay it all out. Well, I'm afraid to tell God that. He sees it already. And he just wants to have the relationship with you where you can confess it and talk through it. Don't be like, God, you know, I, I might have messed up today a little bit. No, just go, God, I blew it. Here's what I did. Like, let's, right, let's get real. Just get real with God. So you're gonna talk with God every day. Okay, I need you, listen, we gotta hear from God every day. You know God speaks? He speaks to you through his word. Somebody like, I haven't heard God speak to me in a long time. When did you read your Bible last? God speaks to the pages of his word. You gotta get into his word every single day. You're gonna walk with God. And I'm gonna close with this, everybody. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk with God every day. I'm gonna hear from God every day. And watch, come on, here it is. We're gonna get you into the super bloom of your life. Ready? You are going to surrender yourself afresh to God every single day. Scripture says in Galatians 5, 16, so I say, walk in the Spirit. Stay in step with the Spirit is what that means. Just stay, keep your life aligned with the Spirit of God, what He wants to do. And He says, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Just walk in the spirit. Stay in step with the spirit. Why does scripture tell us that and have to encourage us toward that end? Because we can do the exact opposite of that. You know what it's called? It's called quenching the spirit. First Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit. There's potential inside your life to quench, to douse, to, to put out the flame, the fire of what the spirit of God has actually wanted to ignite inside of you. You can do that. And God says, don't do that. Instead, say yes to me continually. Pour fuel on on what I'm whispering to you. So when I'm convicting you of something, God, when God's convicting you of something, don't try to hide that something. Say, okay, God, I I see that. What is that? I'm, I'm yielding to the spirit of God in my life. When God's nudging me, hey, start that small group. Join that small group. Go, that, that crew. Go, go, go talk with that young couple. Go, and I just go, yes, yes. See, I'm yielding to God every single day. Everybody, what happened in Eden continues to plague us today. We're hiding, we're hiding, we're hiding, we're hiding, we're hiding, we're hiding, we're hiding. And I'm telling you, it is time for you to experience a super bloom in your life and to come out of hiding. It's what the gospel is all about. It's helping you 
find healing as you come out of hiding. You want to be healed? You can't hide and be healed at the same time. You can't. But here's what you'll find when you come out of hiding is that there's grace all over the place. Man, like, his grace covers and washes and cleanses. When they came out of hiding with their little fig leaves all sewn together, God said, oh, that's not gonna do. That's not gonna do. This is that he actually killed two animals and made skins for them. And he covered them. He covered them. Listen, he covered them. He covered their guilt. He covered their shame. He covered their nakedness. Two animals gave their life for them to be covered. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Do you know that Jesus willingly laid down his life to cover your sins, to wash you and to cleanse you of all your guilt, all of your shame. But for you to experience that covering, you gotta come out of hiding. You say yes to Jesus. And some of you need to do that for the very first time today. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to. But all of us, come on church, we're gonna walk with God's people and we're gonna walk in God's presence. We're gonna walk with God's people and we're gonna walk in God's presence. Come on, just try it. Some of you, I'm telling you, give, give, it, give it a year. If you just go in all in, here's what I know, it's not gonna take a year. In three months from now, you're gonna be so thankful for the decisions you made today. Listen, to walk with God's people and to walk in God's presence. Amen, church. Come on, church, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives change through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on